0: Good morning and greetings in the name of our lord jesus christ this lent we'll be journeying together through a sermon series called lifestyle of grace and during this lifestyle of grace series we will be exploring how an abiding awareness of god's grace transforms our hearts minds and lives It's about flipping the script on a world that is convinced that your worth and your value come from what you do. On a world where legalism is the native tongue. And saying, rather, your worth is not determined by what you do, but it is revealed in what Jesus has done for you. And in who he says you are. And so we are invited into a life of freedom, power, and purpose as the Holy Spirit of God bears fruit in his people, reminding us over and over again that we are his beloved children. And as I get into it today, I want to tell you some good news. This message is going to be short. It's going to be short and simple, and that's because I don't want you to miss it today my hope is that it sticks with you my prayer is that it would stick in your head as you enter into this lenten season and that you could dwell on it in the weeks to come that god would use it to transform your heart your mind and your life as you meditate on the grace of god that is for you in christ jesus and here's the big point for today What God says about you is the truest thing about you. And it's true because he is who he says he is, who he has revealed himself to be through his son, Jesus Christ. And it's your identity in Christ that is the starting point of the lifestyle of grace. In our gospel text today, Jesus says this, he says, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. A simple but profound statement, <laughs> and one that I pray sinks in. You see, what Jesus says about you is true. If he says you're free, then you're free. And here's the important part of that this is true not because of what we do but because of who he is. Because he is the son, what he says is true. That means that you are not righteous because of how holy of a life you live, but you are righteous because you have been clothed in the righteousness of Christ. You're not forgiven because your repentance is so adequate that you felt bad enough about your sin you're forgiven because Jesus shed his blood on the cross and he said that when he did it, he did it for you for the forgiveness of your sins. It's true because the son said it's true. And he is the one who has the authority. He's the one who, as John 1 says, came into this world, the very word of God made man. And he said that he was full of grace and he was full of truth. Now, there are a lot of people out there who want to make claims, who want to make statements about your identity, who want to tell you who you are, and it's easy to believe, especially when it's negative. (laughs) You know, we have this innate tendency to gravitate towards the negative in life. You know, that's why social media algorithms have biased towards negative content, content that makes you feel icky or angry or depressed because they've determined that those are the things that we have a tendency to dwell in the most. And I get it because, like, for me, you know, I could hear a thousand compliments, but I will always dwell on the one negative comment that will resonate with me more than the thousand compliments ever do, but the truth about that uh, about this for you and I is that none of those negative voices in this world will ever drown out the word and the promises of your Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when I was preparing for this. Message as I often do, I read through several different translations of the Bible. And so you'll read through the passages and different translations and see if there are any interesting differences. And there was one in this passage this week, in verse 31, that word that is translated in our New International Version as hold. Jesus says, if you hold to my teachings... is interesting in the New Living Translation, which is one I personally really enjoy. It says, if you remain faithful to my teaching. That's similar but different. And in the English Standard Version, it says, if you abide in my teaching, you will be my disciples. Whenever translations have something different, that's a clue to me to look towards the original text the original Greek language, and see what that word says and why it would have been translated one way versus another. And I found something very interesting in the Greek definitions of this word. You know, sometimes a word can have a range of meanings like it does in English. And one of the ways that this word is used is when somebody comes in from out of town and they enter a lodge, an inn. And then they dwell there for a while. It means to take up residence and stay in a place. And Jesus says, if you take up residence in my word, if you abide in it, if you move in, (laughs) you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, when you believe in Christ, when you're rooted, abiding in his word, when you cling to what he says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When you trust that what he did, he did for you, what he promises, he promises to you, and what he has given, which is his very life itself, he has given for you. That means that what he says about you is true, And it's especially true when it's hard to believe. So, what does God say about you? What does Jesus say about you? He says you're forgiven, He says that you are free, He says that you're loved, that you have a calling and a purpose says that the Holy Spirit of God himself dwells in you. It says that God is for you, that he sees you and he knows you, that your way isn't unknown to him. He says that you are his child, that he is your strength, that you are never alone, that you are his and that nothing can snatch you out of his hand. And if Jesus says it, then it is true indeed Brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to hear that. If Jesus says it about you, it is true. And that means that the voices in your life that tell you otherwise are liars and they are not His. The voices that tell you that you're not loved the voices that tell you that you need to cling onto the shame and guilt of the the past, the things that you have done that you have a hard time letting go, they're the voices that tell you that God has not let go of them either, and they are lies. They're the voices that sow seeds of doubt in you. And when you hear those voices, brothers and sisters in Christ, you know what you can do? When you hear that voice of the serpent from the garden who says, did God really say that? You know what you can say? Yes. Yes, he did. And you have no power here because this is the kingdom of God. It is not yours. My hope for you this Lent is that you would abide in the teachings of Jesus in the word of God, and that in, in it you wouldn't find words of condemnation, but words of affirmation. That you would see in it a love letter, an invitation to be a child of God, an invitation and an offer of new, abundant, and eternal life. My hope for you this Lenten season is that you would hear the voice of God speaking to your heart, reminding you of who you are, For some of you, that means coming before God in prayer and asking him to teach you that you are forgiven. For some of you, that's coming before God in prayer and asking him to teach you that you are loved unconditionally. Because when you look deep inside and when you look in the mirror, you have a hard time seeing someone who's worth loving. But the incredible thing about the love and the grace of God is that when he looks at you, he does not have a hard time at all seeing someone who is worth loving. God is faithful to his promises. They are for you. And it is out of these promises, out of this identity that we have in Christ, that we live the lifestyle of grace. I got this, this cup. And I want you to imagine that this cup is you. Or it's me. Or it's the person sitting next to you or across the room. I couldn't pour anything out of this cup if I tried. It's it's empty. There's there's nothing in there, right? I couldn't pour anything out if I wanted to. And when we live trying to prove our worth to God by the things we do, it's like we're pouring out of an empty cup. And it's like we see God there, and we're trying to pour from the empty cup. And we're saying, it's not enough, it's not enough, and it's never going to be enough. We could never pour so much that we satisfied God. That's called works righteousness. It's the way so many live, seeking the approval of God and others, even many of us who've grown up in the faith. And yet, luckily, that's not how it works. This picture is like God. And you're still the cup. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you abide in his teachings, he says, I love you. And you're forgiven. And you're free. And you're my son. You're my daughter. What I really wanted to do is bring in a hose, (laughs) but Pastor Jim wouldn't write off on it. (laughs) God pours and he pours and he pours his grace into you, his love, and he does it because it's who he is and it's inexhaustible. He is the God who is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. And because he is who he is, you are who he says you are. You are loved. You are set free and filled to the brim, filled to overflowing. And that's what the lifestyle of grace is all about. And next week, we're going to begin looking at what it looks like in your life, in my life, as the glass begins to overflow into a lifestyle of grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would be reminded of who we are, Lord, that we would have the humility to let you teach us, that we would not hold on stubbornly to falsehoods about ourselves, to the lies of the devil that say that we are not loved, that we are not worthy, but rather that we would cling, that we would take up residence in your word, in your teachings, and in your promises, and know that as we do, we are yours, we are your children, set free and full of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.